Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. We have two Oilers games for you tomorrow night at Calgary Sunday night versus the Vegas Golden Knights. New Oiler Ryan Spooner is expected to play tomorrow. Tough start for him, just two points in 16 games. But the Rangers, General Manager Peter Shirelli, hoping a change of scenery will help Spooner. He's just got to play play his game. And that, that, that may sound real cliche, but uh, um, he, he just hasn't been able to do it. And it, you, you can spiral a little bit when you're when you're you're not in the regular rotation or you're you're further down the line and uh I was in New York uh a couple of weeks ago and watched him play uh he made a couple of real good plays but he was playing in the fourth line so a little bit of it is a change of scenery from our perspective all right, and Ryan Strom, of course, the player going the other way. Spooner makes more, $4 million. Strom makes three point one, but the Rangers are going to retain $900,000 of Spooner's salary, so no movement there on the cap hit. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, of course, the Edmonton Eskimos season ended a lot sooner than we all hoped, but we roll into the division finals. We have Ottawa taking on Hamilton. We have Calgary taking on Winnipeg to discuss. I am pleased to welcome to the show the radio play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. It's Edmonton native AJ Jackiebeck. Hi, AJ. How are you, Reed? And we also have on the line from our sister station, Global News Radio 770 CHQR in Calgary, the legend himself, Mark Stephen. Hi, Mark. I'm a Calgary native, so there you go. I'm outnumbered here badly already. So yes, but I but I called you a legend. AJ does oh, okay. not quite have that status yet okay, in my okay. mind. I'm sorry, AJ. Uh, that's so disappointing. I mean, you would think. From our, when, when did I first get to know you, Reed? Back to when U of A basketball? Oh, it's at least 10 years ago, yeah. There you, you go. That would mean something to you. <laughs> well, you do mean a lot to me. I, I just, uh, like, Mark, Mark, you're in the Hall of Fame, aren't you? I am, yes, that's 2013. That was a great, great uh, day in Regina there. Uh, see, you're getting close, AJ, but you got to be in the Hall of Fame. Then I can introduce you as a legend. <laughs> I don't think I'm anywhere near that. So. <laughs> well, hey, maybe you'll get to call uh, another great cup victory like you did a couple years ago for the Red Blacks. Let's start there with you, uh, AJ. You know, they they've they were able to beat Hamilton in the regular season. Uh, Hamilton, uh, I know, had some injuries, though it didn't look like it against the BC Lions. So uh, what's your overview of this matchup? I think, and I think the same way of the West, I think we're going to see two really good matchups, uh, two close football games and games that are decided 
by a handful of plays. Like I, I think we've got four legitimate teams that can go out, play good football, and win the Grey Cup, and that's exciting. I, I think you know at this stage we probably have the four best teams left in the CFL. I'm sure Saskatchewan fans would would say otherwise, but the reality is uh, I would feel better about uh, Matt Nichols with Winnipeg, Trevor Harris uh, with Ottawa, Jeremiah Masoli with Hamilton, and certainly Bo Levi Mitchell, who's, uh, you know, I I think along with Mike Riley, those are the two best quarterbacks in the league. Most would uh, agree on that. But you've got four teams and four quarterbacks that are capable of, of winning two football games at this time of year against quality opposition. I I don't think you could say the same about Saskatchewan. I I think with Brandon Bridge, they would have needed probably spoken mirrors and special teams touchdowns, a defensive touchdown uh, to to win three football games and and win the Grey Cup. So I I think we've got the four best uh, in the league, uh, and I think we're going to see two great games. I'm looking forward to, to both games starting, of course, uh, with the East Final on Sunday afternoon. Mark, tell me a little bit about the Stampeders' health. They got pretty banged up second half of the season. Uh, I, I don't hesitate to say that they limped towards the finish line a little bit, though they st- did still finish first. Uh, I, I mean, are they are they healthy enough? Do they have the firepower to take on a Bombers team that's really clicking? Well, they do. They finally started to stabilize, and most of the injuries you mentioned were in the receiving core. So it appears that they stabilized there. Eric Rogers is going to be back. It would appear he had a knee injury that kept him out of the final regular season game. Uh, Chris Matthews was signed, a guy that was with Winnipeg a few years ago and was the rookie of the year in the league, so he's been signed. The guy that's kind of come out of nowhere, he's on the practice roster and got a chance because of all of the injuries, was Marquise Ambles, a guy that has touchdowns in his last four games so he's really played well and uh, I think based on what I've seen all week they're going to leave uh, Devaris Daniels and uh, Bakari Grant on the sidelines they just don't think there's a spot for them in Grant's case he's hardly played and Daniels they're not 100% convinced of his uh, shoulder injury that he suffered in Hamilton back in September. AJ I thought and this is just me personally, and I know you think I have a lot of kooky ideas, like actually letting the six best regular season teams into the playoffs in the CFL, but that's for another day. <laughs> By the way, so I, I'm going to, before you even get to that, you do realize that if Hamilton would have played Montreal with something on the line at the end of the season, they would have beat Montreal, they swept Edmonton, and so Edmonton still would have missed the playoffs. Oh, of course, just, but just Hamilton, would, let you know that Hamilton wouldn't got a home game. Hamilton wouldn't have got a home game. That's fine. They 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 hammered BC forty eight to eight, and now they're playing Ottawa, and and we've got two great two great finals and two great matchups. I just what, what more I, can anyone complain about when you've got great matchups? When you've got no no you don't understand great cup games every year. I'm not complaining. It's not like we're seeing forty eight to six great cup games <laughs> where the West is dominating the East because they should be playing. Division three, uh, university football. They, they can't even beat Laval. Uh, no, or, no, I never Calgary said that. Or, or I never North said that. Go to Western State. No, Anyways, no, no, no. I said my piece. I, There's a reason it's worked for over a hundred years. Keep it that way. <laughs> I also say these things just merely to upset you, which I just did. I, I know you do, and I just, I take the bait every time. <laughs> but I just want to let the good listeners, you know, when I grew up in Edmonton. In the heat, in the heart of 
the, the greatest dynasty in the history of Canadian football, having watched uh, the, the last couple. I remember vividly the 81 and 82 Grey Cups. I was a little too young for the other three. I just remember teams that didn't really care that they had to go through the West to win a Grey Cup. I don't know where the West got soft, you know, having moved out East 15 years ago. Then I moved back for three years. I still love the West. I'm a true Canadian, and I'm still an Albertan and a Westerner at heart. So I just don't know where the West got all soft, where when they don't win a Grey Cup, they have to complain that it's, the format's fault well, instead I, of winning football. I, I was complaining before Calgary lost the, the last two Grey Cups, but you know I complain all the time, and I'm going to complain about something else. All right. Though I think you might like this one a little more. Why Why is William Powell not the East nominee for most outstanding player? How is he not even the Red Blacks nominee? I love Powell's season. Yeah, and, and to be honest, and I'll, I'll give you the answer on the Ottawa one, because up until the last regular season game that mattered, because, uh, you know, obviously the game, game after that against Toronto didn't matter, and we had to vote after the 17th regular season game as well. I, I had four candidates that I thought deserved uh, full consideration for Ottawa's MOP. And, and they were Trevor Harris, William Powell, Brad Sinopoli, Lewis Ward. In, in the end, as great a season as Lewis Ward had, um, you, you know, I look at Derek Taylor's numbers uh, that he puts out. Uh, he does a great job with, with his advanced numbers. And, and basically, uh, Lewis Ward did 19 points above average. Uh, but but the average was actually 11 points above average because kickers were so good around the league this year. I mean, Brett Lowther was sensational, kicking a bunch of 55 yards uh, yard field goals with Saskatchewan. So in the end, if the league average was 11 above average and he was 19 above average, he really only gave Ottawa an extra eight points on the season. So I, I just didn't think it was enough of an impact. Uh, even though he had a record-setting season, for him to win that award. So it came down to the other three, and the reality with William Powell was it, it was a healthy scratch decision uh, against Hamilton. And so you look at things and you say, okay, they decided not to play him in the biggest game of the year, and, and you can argue whether that was the right decision or not. I mean, Moses Madu came out and wasn't able to run the ball as uh, effectively as, as Powell had in previous games, you know, there was, there was an argument to be made about the fact that he wore down a little bit because he had more carries than any other uh, running back in the league by a significant margin at that point. Um, and some might say that he needed to be a little bit better in pass protection, but the reality was he didn't play that game. They won that game, and they won that game handily, and a big reason why they won that game was because of Trevor Harris. So now I'm going to get into why I voted for Trevor Harris, and, if, and I think he should have been the East MOP. Okay. We've, I, I, I've, been, I've been critical of him, and we've judged him for three years in Ottawa on wins and losses. We've said, okay, you've got the yards, you've got the touchdowns, you, you've, got, uh, you've got the completion percentage, the stats are all there. Where are the wins? Where are the big game wins? Right. And then he goes out this year, they win handily both games against Saskatchewan, home and away, they win handily in Winnipeg, they sweep Hamilton, <clears throat> including two games in Hamilton. They, they beat BC. They, there's all sorts of quality wins on the board. The only team they didn't beat uh, that's the playoff team was Calgary, of course, early in the season. Um, but Harris finally won big games. He had more fourth-quarter comebacks than any quarterback in the league this year. 
uh, threw for over 5,000 yards, 70% completion percentage, uh, two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. It wasn't the greatest for the longest time. Lewis Ward kicked a lot of field goals because of that. But down the stretch in the big games, he was outstanding. Still finished with 22 touchdown passes. I thought it would be a no-brainer that he would win the East MLP over Masoli, who had very similar numbers, but couldn't beat good teams. Um, beat up on Toronto and Montreal, and, and in particular those two teams, and feasted uh, on those on those teams to, to boost his stats. That doesn't All mean right. he can't come in to, to win the game on Sunday in Ottawa. He's always played well in Ottawa, so that, I think it's going to be a very good game, but that's my reasoning uh, for, for Trevor Harris. Hey, a lot of good candidates in Ottawa, and maybe that's why he didn't win over Masoli in the end. In the end, I think the winner's coming out of the East. I voted for Bo Levi Mitchell over Masoli, and I think he wins the award. But I, I did think Trevor Harris, at the very least, should have represented the East. Okay. Mark, uh, I want to throw one final one at you here. And, uh, you know, all, all joking aside, obviously you, you have covered the league uh, longer than, than AJ and I have, and you've seen a lot of evolutions. Yep. What do you think of how Ambrosi, Commissioner Ambrosi, handled the high shot, high head shot on quarterback situation and uh, putting this official on the field who is strictly going to watch for that and nothing else? Well, first, it's good that he did it, but it's awful late in the day. I mean, how many of these hits did Mike Riley take? How many other hits were there to Saskatchewan quarterbacks? He seemed to almost have to be goaded into doing it. Uh, you know, I thought he'd have been a lot more proactive earlier, but having said that, he at least is going to do it for the three biggest games of the year. So I, I won't lie, I think he's done a pretty good job as commissioner, but I, I thought he was a little tone deaf on this. He didn't seem to appreciate the gravity of it. Uh, you know, he said uh, after the Saskatchewan game, yeah, we'll look at this in the off season. No, you won't. You look at it now. Get it fixed now. I mean, you know, the four teams that are left uh, rely, well, all teams do very heavily on their quarterback. So pay attention to it. Uh, be smart about it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I guess he did. Maybe he took uh, a lot of beating. I know he took a lot of beating over his decision over the last few days and finally made the right call. But uh, good for him. Just awful late, though. All right. Hey, it's great to have you guys on the show. I wish we had more time. Somebody texting in if uh, AJ knows anything about the Smoky Lake Pumpkin Contest. Maybe that's our next segment, AJ. <laughs> I don't even think I've been to a good Ukrainian boy like me should have been to Smoky Lake. I've been to Glendon, <laughs> Mundare, all the other hot spots, Lamont. Okay, we'll come out in the summer before CFL starts, and we'll take my show on the road, and you can come on with me in Smoky Lake. And Mark, you you've got to come too. Well, if I can find it, I'll certainly be happy to join you guys. Yeah. If Mark can find it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your calls on Sunday. You guys do great work. And I can't wait to go to Edmonton. I'm going up there next week. Oh, yeah. I'll see you here. Yeah, that'll be fun. Maybe AJ, maybe you too. Take care, man. Win or lose, I'm there as well. So there's your there's your warning. Oh, good stuff. Me too. All right. I, well, both you guys are coming on again next week. That is AJ Jackdemick, the uh, play-by-play voice for the Ottawa Red Blacks, and Mark Stephen calls the Calgary Stampeders games on our sister station, 770 CHQR in Calgary. Oh, we got to do our picks before the end of the show. We we'll, do. Do, we'll do that later, Kellen, both one and one from uh, last week. Quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Ryan for Ryan by the Edmonton Oilers today. Strom for Spooner. 
Spooner coming over from the New York Rangers. He is expected to make his Oilers debut tomorrow in Calgary. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports. I really appreciate you tuning in. And I really appreciate that this gentleman reached out a few days ago and uh, said, Reed, I would love to talk about something that's going on. Rick Jamerson joins us. He is a head coach of the Southside Legion Boxing Club, and uh, they are doing something very important coming up here tomorrow. Rick, first of all, thanks for getting in touch. How are you doing, man? Well, thank you very much, Reed, for um, uh, call, calling back. <laughs> I have to say uh, it was a tough struggle trying to reach somebody out there. I'm glad you, you came came through. Hey, no problem at all. I'm happy to have you on the show. Okay, the Southside Legion Boxing Club. Before we get into what's happening tomorrow, uh, how long have you guys been around now? Uh, the Southside Legion Boxing Club has been around for 72 years. Uh, it, was, it was started by a couple of um, our veterans, Jim Parsons and Charlie Dean, uh, way back in 1946. Oh, wow. So right after the Second World War gets rolling. And where have you been located in the same uh, facility the whole time, or what's that been like? Uh, no, no, we have moved around uh, a couple of different locations, and then actually... Myself and a, and a few members of, of the club, the original club, actually broke out on our own and reestablished the name. Um, yeah, there was just a parting of ways and it was time to move on, but we wanted to make sure that the legacy of the Southside Legion Boxing Club was uh, uh, continued on. All right, and that's, and that's why you got in touch. So let everybody know what is happening tomorrow and sort of, sort of why it's important, why you feel it's time to mark this history here. Okay. Uh, well, tomorrow we, uh, we're having our second Legion Legacy Cup. Uh, and what we've done this year, we've, we've invited a, a, a team in from the United States, a team of 10, uh, tough boxers out of uh, Vegas and San Diego, California. And uh, we're bringing them in to um, help us to continue to, sorry, help us to continue to um, mark another year that the club is going to um, mark our Remembrance Day celebration in, in, through the club because of the members that started it um, so many years ago. Great stuff. All right, and this is happening in Leduc tomorrow? Yes, it is. Uh, it's, the doors are open at 6.30. It's, it's happening at the Leduc Recreation Centre. Uh, there will be a total of 15 bouts, 5 Alberta versus Alberta, and then 10 uh, Alberta versus USA. Oh, great stuff. All right, what time does it start? Uh, it, the fights will start around 7.30 after our ceremonies um, to uh, commemorate uh, the club and, and the, the veterans. All right. And is it uh, was there admission or how do people get in? Yes, there is admission. Uh, general admission is $25. Okay. And um, there are a few tables still available, um, but, and they run between 750 and 500 and they seat, seat eight people. All right. And if people just want to find out more about your club, uh, where can they check it out? They can check out our Facebook page at uh, Legion Boxing Club. Okay. And if they're interested in tickets, they can uh, email LLC2018tickets at legionboxing.com. 
All right. How many uh, how many boxers do you have in the club now? Uh, our club, we're roughly around just under 40. Okay. And nice. Age, age range from six upwards of 40 plus. Right on. How, how would you describe uh, boxing's popularity in the current landscape? I mean, MMA has kind of uh, pushed its way into the, the combat sports market. So how, how do you feel boxing is, is doing at that grassroots level? Uh, it's, it's still growing. We, we, we're doing actually really well. Uh, with the MMA, it did bring back a little bit of um, curiosity as to boxing. Especially, we have quite a few MMA guys that will come to the club and they'll want to work on their boxing skills uh, because, you know, first and foremost, the stand-up is where it all begins. And if you're good with your hands, you nim- normally do a lot better with your, your feet, too. Right, good point. <laughs> okay. Well, Rick, I hope this goes great tomorrow uh, in Leduc. Thanks for telling the story about the club a little bit, and thanks for making time for me because I know you're busy getting ready for everything. I hope we can talk again. Uh, thanks, Rita. appreciate that. That is Rick Jamerson checking in, uh, head coach with the uh, Southside Legion Boxing Club. So they're marking an important anniversary tomorrow. He told that story a little bit. And, uh, yeah, Rick, uh, you can uh, reach out. A lot of segments we get are uh, listener or participant suggested. And you can always uh, reach out by emailing InsideSports at 630Ched.com. Oh, frustrated fan texted in his picks. God, I love this guy. Ottawa 30-27, Blue Bombers 37-30. Oh, and then he's going ahead and picking the Grey Cup already, too. Uh, Bombers 30, Ottawa 20. But we'll let you revise your Grey Cup pick next week, frustrated fan, because you are getting ahead of yourself, but that's okay. We're giving away two tickets to the Grey Cup. You have to answer a trivia question. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Live on air after the 7.30 news. Get in line now, 780-496-0063. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, that's appropriate. You play the oaf coming back from break when we're going to make our playoff predictions later on this half hour, Kellen, and most likely look like a couple of... Uh, what's the plural of oaf? Is it oafs or oves? <laughs> I think it's oafs. I'm not sure. Oil I'm sure Kings. there's a grammar expert out there. Just text us and let us know. Oil Kings in Lethbridge. No score late in the first period. Raptors and Celtics are going to overtime. Tied at 107. Kawhi Leonard had a shot to win it. In the dying seconds, it would not fall. Jets lead the Sabres 1-0 late second period. Stars and Bruins are scoreless. Kings and Blackhawks are scoreless. Those games are in the second periods as well. Avalanche up 1-0 on the Capitals. That's about 13 minutes into the game. Blues and Golden Knights coming up later, as are the Maple Leafs and the Ducks. The Oilers have traded Ryan Strom to the New York Rangers for Ryan Spooner. We had Peter Shirelli, Oilers general manager, on the show earlier. We'll play some highlights from that conversation in a few minutes. We are giving away two tickets to next Sunday's Grey Cup which we've done the last couple of nights as well. And we have asked a question related to previous Grey Cups held in Edmonton. Uh, I, I don't think that they have been easy. 
I don't think they've been overly difficult either. I, I think if you you got a good memory for some of these games and are in tune with CFL history, uh, you know you probably you probably knew them. We both both times we've had the first person get it wrong and the second caller get it right. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to read the question. I will bring the first listener on to try to answer. He or she will get five seconds. If they get it wrong, I will go on to the next caller without repeating the question, who will also get five seconds. Okay? 780-496-0063. There's still a couple of empty slots if you want to jump in. This one relates to the 2002 Grey Cup. We had questions about 84, about 97. Now we keep going and get to 2002. Who scored a 99-yard touchdown in the 2002 Grey Cup? Who scored a 99-yard touchdown in the 2002 Grey Cup? We will start with Phil. Phil, go ahead. Anything, Phil? No, don't even get a guess from Phil. Steve, go ahead. Pat Woodcock. Yes, you remembered. Yeah. Were you at the game? I've been to 30 Great Cups. Yeah, I've been to, I see that one, been to that one too, yes. And you live in Edmonton? Yes. Are you an Eskimos fan? Uh, no, actually, I'm a Ryder fan, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. Well, I guess I have to give you the tickets anyway. Uh, are you going to this year's, well, you just won tickets. Were you, like, planning to try to yep. go anyway? Correct, I was. Okay. I, I can bring a couple, of, a couple of my buddies, so, yeah. Okay, well, we got a pair of tickets, so uh, we'll give you Perfect. two. Now, what is your, have you seen the Riders win the Grey Cup in person? Yes, I have. Uh, which one? Uh, in Toronto in 89 and Saskatchewan in 2013. Okay, so you didn't see the 07 one in person then? Uh, no, well, no, I was at them, but they didn't win that one. Didn't they win in 07 over Winnipeg? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of the 97 one. The 97 one here, they lost quite badly to Toronto, which was a powerhouse team. I was at the 2007 also. Yes, 23-19. Did you? I hope you got to listen yesterday because Kerry Joseph was on the show. No, I was out of town. Okay. Well, check that out. He talked a little bit about winning with the Riders in 07. That Pat Woodcock play, 99-yarder, it was the longest play in Grey Cup history until when? Uh, last year, yes. uh, or Posey. Yeah, exactly. You know your stuff, Steve. This is great. You're going to be winning all the stuff on this show now. <laughs> Hang on, okay? Kellen's going to take down your info. Thank you. That is Steve. Pat Woodcock of the Montreal Alouettes. 99-yard pass and run. Anthony Calvillo threw the ball, of course. It put the Alouettes up 8 nothing early in the second quarter. They led Edmonton 11 nothing at the half. 18-10 late, Ed Hervey caught a touchdown pass from Ricky Ray. They went for two to tie it, did not make it. Edmonton attempted a short kick. Jermaine Copeland scooped it up and ran it back for a touchdown. Montreal beats Edmonton 25-16 to win the 2002 Grey Cup at Commonwealth Stadium. Okay, so every question we've asked this week, second caller got it. That's not bad. The Oilers trading. Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner, GM Peter Shirelli on the deal. Well, without going into too much detail, I, I can tell you that uh, we've all, always uh, liked the uh, the speed aspect of Ryan Spooner's game, um, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, myself and uh, Keith Gretzky have some history with him, having drafted him in Boston and, and, and watched him develop, but. Um, He's a, he's a, he was a formerly a natural center that uh, has been uh, been playing on the wing, and uh, he brings a lot of speed through the neutral zone. Uh, very very good stick, very good playmaker. 
a good one-timer. He's he's been having some struggles uh, with the Rangers uh, recently scratched, but that was probably because we were um, we were on the cusp of making a deal. Actually, that's why he was scratched. Um, and uh, you know, it's just it was a discussion uh, that um, I had with uh, with Jeff Gordon over the over the summer, just just in general about what he's doing with him. And uh, and the opportunity came about, and we wanted to change the mix up of our, you know, of our kind of our secondary group of forwards. You talk about secondary scoring, and, and we we feel that uh, a little more speed and uh, a little more dynamic play um, would help our would help our group. So we decided to act on it. Okay, you you, you sort of touched on it. Do, do you see him as a left winger more than a center now, or or how will uh, this be approached? I, I see him as I see him as a winger. Uh, more than a center, uh, he can play both sides. Um, he he, you know, he played center for most of his junior career, and and uh, even when he came up with us in Boston. But uh, he's shown that he can play the wing, and and he's he's got some areas of his game that uh, that that uh, aren't perfect, obviously. But um, we see him as a winger. Okay, uh, I mean areas of his game that aren't perfect. No player is is perfect. What does he need to do? Or to focus on, to to maybe be a little more productive as an Oiler than he was as a Ranger this season. And I know he has had productive bursts in the past, but we haven't seen it this year. Is there is there a yeah, he's game? Just, he's just he's just got to play play his game, and that 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 may sound real cliche, but uh, um, he he just hasn't been able to do it. And then you, you, you can spiral a little bit when you're. When you're you're not in the regular rotation or you're you're further down the line, and uh, I was in New York uh, a couple of weeks ago and watched him play. Uh, he made a couple of real good plays, but he was playing in the fourth line. He's just you know what he's just and then I'm sure their coaches had reasons to put him there, and 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 so a little bit of it is a change of scenery from our perspective. Um, he's just got to he's got to play. Uh, uh, you know he plays with speed, and he, he needs to play with some some you know better players that he was playing with again and they, they had their reasons for doing it but um he can trade the puck pretty well he's he's got you know a good hockey head a good good hockey sense so um so you know he's just gotta he's got he's got to play that way play with speed because he does have speed and 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 uh so we hope a change of scenery will help there all right, that's a little bit from Peter Shirelli on the trade of Ryan Spooner coming to Edmonton. Ryan Strom goes to the New York Rangers, and you can get more on 630Ched.com. we got to call a quick timeout. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Kellen and I will make our guaranteed-to-be-correct CFL predictions, and we will welcome to the show this week's 630 Chad MVP. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, 
you may have already been introduced to our next guest on Global News on Tuesday. That's the day when the 630 Ched MVP is presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. The MVP gets Under Armour apparel, and you can nominate somebody by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com. I am pleased to welcome soccer player Ali Majid to Inside Sports. Ali, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are, you, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How old are you, sir? I am 11 years old. All right, and you're an 11-year-old soccer player. Would that be accurate? Yes, that is the accurate. How long have you been playing soccer? Uh, for about, well, I'm 11 now, so about um, seven years. All right, how come you started playing? Who got you into soccer? Uh, definitely my dad. He, uh, he was a very good soccer player at a young age, and... Uh, uh, you know, and so he decided to put me into to start playing soccer because, you know, it's the game that changes the world and it helps me not only in my life, but, you know, just athletically. And, yeah, so just my dad just liked, liked the game and I, the first time I hit the ball, I was inspired to play more. How does soccer help you in your life, Ali? Uh, just like decision-making and, you know, just being athletic, like body movement, uh, body movement, just, you know, my, my dad does a lot of quotes, you know, it motivates me, and yeah, it just motivates me and helps me through a lot of things when I'm stressed or, you know, yeah, just it just helps me through a lot of things. Do you play soccer every day? Yes, I do. Every day I'm getting pictures on the ball. I practice with my dad and, uh, you know, my brothers, my brother Adam. I practice with all of them, and yeah, it's just I, I love the support I get from them. What position do you play? I play uh, a center mid, but that a center mid that pushes forward, so kind of like a center attacking mid. Do you score a lot of goals? Uh, yes, I do score a lot of goals, but I also make plays. I'm a playmaker, and I get a lot of assists. Okay, good stuff. Now, do you play both indoor and outdoor? Uh, yes, uh, indoor I play uh, non-boarded with out. Like throw-ins and outdoor, I play the same, just outside. Okay, which do you like better? Uh, I like the outside, like outdoor, like with the sun and all that stuff, because, you know, it's just the grass. And more traditional 11 guys against 11, right? Yes, yes, 11 Okay. Ali, now is it true you got to take a trip recently because of your soccer ability? Can you tell us about this? Uh, yes, I went to Spain, and uh, I played in a tournament, uh, against uh, Getafe, Leganes, and Real Vallecano. And what team were you on? I was on uh, Superior Elite uh, uh, Squad. Superior Squad. Okay, and was this all Edmonton kids, or who was on the team? Uh, no, it, it was the uh, international select team, so the coach picked players from all over the world and made one very powerful team. What was it like playing against kids from other countries? It was, uh, you know, a, it was a great experience. And, you know, like, all the kids are very fast and, you know, they can move the ball really quickly. So I brought that to my team and to my coaches to make them better. Good stuff. What, what were some of the main things you learned from, from playing with all these other kids? Definitely the, the top thing is how they make decisions very quickly and how their, their speed of play is uh, very quick. That's something I definitely learned. And, you know, how, how, how they're just fast. Like, they're... They're very fast, and they have very good technique. Okay, good stuff. And did you feel you were on par with those kids, or do you have to uh, improve, do you think? No, I think I 
what I kept up with them and you know kept up with them and were was uh, at a very I set a very high standard for the team and for the kids in Spain. Okay, good stuff. Did they ask you a lot about Canada? Uh, well, yeah, like the players certainly did, and uh, yeah, the players certainly did. And you know, I just told them Canada is a very good country, and uh, there's a lot of soccer there. And you know, but like Canada, the Canada soccer is very different from you know Spanish soccer. Just the ball movement is very, like, very uh, more. Uh, it's very quick. All right, eleven-year-old Ali Majid. Am I saying your last name right, Majid? Uh, Majid. Majid. Majid, okay. Uh, 11-year-old Ali Majid joining us on Inside Sports. He's this week's 630 Chet MVP. Uh, who is your club team here in Edmonton, Ali? Uh, Extreme FC. Edmonton Extreme FC. Okay, and do you play any other sports? Uh, well, I did some track when I was younger. Uh, with my uh, school team, I did some track. And I like basketball, too. What athletes do you look up to? Who do you look up to Bes- uh, besides your dad? My top three athletes are definitely Ronaldo, Neymar, and Messi. Okay, well, those guys are all pretty good. Now, are you playing soccer this weekend? Uh, yes, I had a practice uh, yesterday with my team, and I kicked the ball around with my brother's team as well. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I can tell you got a lot of passion for your sport, and obviously you're doing really well. So uh, congratulations again on being the 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. Again, people can see the the story for global news that they did on you on the MVP section on 630Chet.com. Thank you so much for your time, Ali. I hope things continue to go great for you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for this opportunity. Right on. What a well-spoken young man. And uh, Ali Majid is this week's 630 Ched MVP. Awesome stuff, Kellen. And you can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com or you can just email me inside sports at 630Ched.com. Good stuff. So we've given away the Grey Cup tickets. We have. We've broken down the Strom for Spooner trade. We've talked about the CFL Division Finals. We've had the MVP on. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is now time, Kellen Kennedy, as we wind down this week on Inside Sports, for you and I to make our CFL Division Final predictions. Guaranteed to be correct, though we both went one for one last week. Which is not bad. Again, guaranteed to be correct, not a guarantee. We could have both went 0 for 2, and then nobody would have took any of our predictions for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure now that we're much more credible that we both went 1 and 1 eh, in different games. Human, we, we, we didn't get the same games right. Okay, we will start in the East. Uh, I will go first. Okay. Now, here, I got to qualify this because my preseason prediction for the Grey Cup was Saskatchewan over Hamilton. But I said Hamilton with Johnny Manziel at quarterback. Because you know I'm, I don't like to change my predictions midstream. I like to be stubborn and, and stick with it, so I don't have six predictions out in the wind, and then I just refer to the only one I got right if there is one. So usually I would stick with Hamilton, but I was very specific that Johnny Manziel would be their quarterback. They traded him to Montreal. I think Ottawa uh, is deeper. I love Powell. They're running back. I'm going to go Ottawa 30, Hamilton 17. Kellen. All right. Uh, that's a lot of qualifiers there. Wow. Um, <laughs> Ottawa 21, Hamilton 12. 
Oh, okay. Well, we're both picking the same team. Mm-hmm. And again, if one guy is gets the score exactly or is really, really close, he gets a, a bonus point, which is an extra piece of northern chicken. All right. I will go first in the West Final as well because your predictions are generally more entertaining. Okay. Um, I just think Winnipeg is going to do it. I, I, you know, I think Calgary's a little too banged up. I, I think Winnipeg just has everything working right now. They're playing precise. They're playing quick. I do think it's going to be close, though. I think Calgary will have a drive to try to win it at the end of the game and will fail in that drive. Winnipeg 24, Calgary 20. I think it's going to be a sad, sad weekend for Calgary sports fans. I think the Flames are going to lose to the Oilers tomorrow night. And well, I think... Blowout prediction. And I think Winnipeg Go big, will buddy. Don't be shy. The Calgary Stampeders out of the building. 31-13. 31 th- I thought you were going to go bigger. You picked one 41-2 last week. Yeah. 31-13 Winnipeg. So we're taking the same winning teams. That's right. So the tiebreaker will have to be if somebody gets really close with the score. Sam G picks Ottawa over Hamilton 19-17 and Calgary over Winnipeg 34-21. That's our buddy Sam G texting into 6-30-6-30. All right, going to be fun. Those are on Sunday. Tomorrow, we expect Ryan Spooner to make his Oilers debut. Edmonton at Calgary, 6-30 face-off show, game at 8. And then another game broadcast for you on Sunday, 4.30 face-off show, game at 6.30. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. We'll join you again on Monday, but of course I'll talk to you on the hockey broadcast throughout the weekend as well. Hope you have a great weekend plan. Stay warm, stay safe on the roads. Take care. Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.